Sports Talk, we are live. It is a Friday. We're going to say the date, uh, the name of the day, I guess, was Friday. So, you know, we like to keep it timeless. But it is Friday, and, you know, Friday is supposed to be that that day when you wake up. You're like, okay, even though I got to work, and work means making money and bringing in money or something like that. Well, even though you got to do that, yeah. you still have to get through the day because it's Friday. That's not the case, man. I don't feel like that. You don't feel like it? What you feeling like? I feel like... I still got weight on my shoulders, man. I can't. It's Friday. It's yeah. Now yeah. Friday used to mean something to me when I was a kid. It used to mean something when I was in school. It used to mean something to me when I was in college. It was. N- I didn't have a lot of responsibilities though. Eight 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 three four six nine one four four. Welcome to the show, Kwame Sports Talk. We got Dermery Lachey, Frenchie, and we have a guest who's going to be in from time to time. Uh, probably once every week. Uh, guess, we think we'll we'll figure it out. We got the format working on the format. It's Danny Bates. Uh, he will be our baseball aficionado, but he can speak on a lot of things. Well, hopefully, I can. I, I'm a little bit uh, uh, football, a lot of baseball. So I hope to be able to share some well, insight. Well, you way more baseball than football. Oh, yeah. You got a passion. <laughs> I, I said a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's Danny Bates. So, Danny, welcome to the show, man. We uh, It goes by so fast. Uh, got a good crew back here doing our uh, engineering, having fun with it. So we got music selections. You know, Friday I've been asking for it, but I never went back there and talked to him. So all you got to do is go back there and talk to him and okay. put the music you want. Um, so you got to find your... Baseball segment music So when that segment comes up We'll do that we're, we're, Okay <laughs> I don't know what uh, Demery like Demery like the See he was born I like it all <laughs> Let me tell you about I like him. it all <laughs> I just don't like that new edition That be coming on Are you, are you crazy? No You man. don't like new edition I, they, I used to think I was Ralph Trasman <laughs> Don't like new he edition. still think he, <laughs> <laughs> he still think he's that's, that guy. That's, that's one of the best groups, boy it groups was. of all time. Ever. It was. Everybody likes new edition. It was. Bobby Brown, the king of hip hop, the pop, <laughs> R and B and pop. That's what Whitney said. He's taking God rest his soul, huh? Yeah. Now um, <laughs> we got a lot to talk about, man. Uh, definitely going to talk about the game. I don't know if you you was you was incapacitated, so I don't know if you could have. Incapacitated You had to work I was busy Yeah Yeah, you was working You want me to say you had to work I'll, I'll say No nah, I was Yeah whatever Okay <laughs> I was putting in work Well it's Friday So you got You got Saturday Sunday Then you watching any of the game I watched it till it got About what 20 to 10 Yeah and It was 17 10 Or 17 3 That wasn't a game That wasn't a game The Seattle Seahawks Looked like they're in Mid season form Man and, and It looked like practice out there It looked like practice And, and I'm gonna tell you Why this score what was the score end up being? I'm gonna tell you why. Thirty six to sixteen. So, yeah, let me tell you why it was that score. Had nothing to do with. Uh, well, it had a lot to do with Seattle, but it had to do with Seattle beating up Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl. Everybody want to play the champion until you face him. It's okay, and that's good because you got that passion. You got that. I want to play with the champions. I want to beat the champions. Anybody worth their weight, yeah. they get they. You know some. We talked about it with LeBron, like all these guys going to play for LeBron Cavaliers. It's not Cleveland Cavaliers, it's LeBron Cavaliers. So um, we talked about that. Don't you want to play against LeBron? Mm-hmm. That's if you're the Seattle, I mean, uh, San Antonio Spurs. So what, the, uh, what happened in the Super Bowl, how they just manhandled the best offense, the most potent offense probably in the history of football, 
and the Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning and breaking all these records, uh, touchdown records. When you see out, when you the Green Bay Packers and you just think, okay, we are practice, we go through this preseason. I keep telling people the speed of practice and the sp- speed of preseason is not the same, and it's definitely not the same when you're facing probably the best team in football this year. They most definitely looked like it last night. Yeah, uh, I'm not a expert football guy, but per se, I I, uh, I watch players more than I do anything, and, and Russell Wilson was making everything look very easy, and I was just like, wow, he's making this look very easy. I never uh, thought Russell Wilson would be able to outthrow passing yards of um, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers had 180, I think Russell had a little bit more than that, yeah. but. You're not even asking. I had this conversation. I, I talked about this before on the show that if Russell's throwing more than 30 times, that's not the offense of Seattle Seahawks because you got Marshawn Lynch over there. And I started looking at – when I was looking at the game and and watching uh, Marshawn do what he does, going to beast mode, I was wondering, were he breaking tackles or were they scared to hit him? Now, that's a difference. You breaking tackles or guys scared to hit you? Uh, they just – they just reluctantly putting their arm out there, hoping you trip. <laughs> I but think it was a little bit of both. Could, could be. <laughs> yeah. Could be. But he's been in beast mode ever since, what, two, three years ago when he had that run against New Orleans? Yeah. The whole team missed him? It's about, yeah, it's been about three years since that. And he, a lot of people have shied down against him since that moment. Let me pull up this of, game. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I was just going, like, yeah, like you said, I never thought I would see a game where – Russell Wilson outpasses Aaron Rodgers. Ever. And I never thought I'd see a game where Aaron Rodgers throw 33 passes for 189 yards, That's one touchdown, saying. one interception. But here, here's, That's a lot to say about that Seattle defense. And it's a lot to say about how this, um, yeah, how they perceive. Yeah. And then you get in front of them and say, this perception is fact. This perception. It's real. Yeah, this is real. You playing against a team. They did not throw to, they only threw to one side of the field. They did not throw to Richard Sherman's. Side of the field at all, all at game. All. How, is the that Deion game. Sanders? How do you not throw to him? <laughs> you are Aaron Rodgers, and you the Green Bay Packers. How do you not even try? You already losing. So what? So what's? I mean, you got to try to throw to his side. He's a cover. He's a zone corner that can run. I bet you he can play man to man all day though. If you ask him to, I still I'm still a Patrick uh, Peterson first fan as a corners. Mm-hmm. But this guy is the real deal, Richard Sherman. He talked you not to throw to his side. You think Mike McCarthy said, uh, well, we're just going to play half a side of the field. They didn't even put the real receivers over there just so they can isolate the other side, and they, they end up paying for it throughout the game through an interception. Timing was off. Uh, you got to face uh, what a defensive front four looks like that you thought they were blitzing, but it was only four guys rushing. <laughs> this was not the Green Bay Packers team that – that we're accustomed, I'm no. accustomed to seeing. And I picked the Packers because I thought their offense was gonna. Right, so you owe me twenty dollars. You right. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it. Is it the <laughs> is it the Green Bay Packers team that we're not accustomed to seeing, or is Seattle just that dominant of a team? Both. Seattle been Seattle. That's that team looks like it's fun to play with. You know, and it, when Arizona, we had a coach like that. We had a coach like uh, Pete Carroll. Dave McGinnis, but what Dave McGinnis didn't do, in my opinion, is get on the superstars. See, it seems like Pete Carroll would get on his superstars and say, well, this is what we expect from you. Dave McGinnis didn't get on the superstars. He would coach the superstars through another guy, or it was okay to not make this throw or miss this tackle or make that play. But he was a player's coach. Everybody loved him. Dave McGinnis was a good coach, a pretty good coach. He ended up taking over for Vince Tobin, but 
he was a player's coach, and guys felt comfortable around him. And all he had to do was win because you got a coach like that. He probably could still be the coach here today if you're winning. I guess any coach like that except uh, the coach in Cincinnati. That guy is right there. He had <laughs> 11 years in Cincinnati, haven't won a playoff game. He has some naked pictures of somebody, <laughs> uh, and, and he's holding over there. He somebody hostage. He, huh? Yeah, he holding somebody hostage. But th- that game last night, a lot of questions to be asked. And, and from the first game to the second, second game, you'd like to see a lot of improvement. And it will be. It's going to be scary, though, to see. It's going to be improved. How Seattle improved from game one to two. They looked like they was in mid-season form. They looked like playoff form. Yeah, like it was. Yeah, like it was the first game playoff. I ain't never, I never thought I would see Seattle's offense like dominate, control the game the way they did. Like they were moving the ball, they were going on eighty-yard plus drives, <laughs> scoring touchdowns. Russell Wilson, you know, his playbook got expanded. You can tell um, more play action, more rolling out. Uh, he's throwing the ball downfield a little bit more, and he only threw the ball twenty-eight times. Right. For one eighty nine, for what he had, Marshawn Lynch only, yeah, one ninety one. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch had twenty carries for one. That's efficient for one ten. I'm dyslexic. Two touchdowns. One ten. That, that's that's pretty efficient. Yeah, you said. And I'm was, dyslexic. You know. Um, yeah, that's that's. They haven't even got into the offense yet. That right no. there is not really getting to Marshawn with twenty carries might have one thirty two something like that. It was it was a combination of of Danny what you said or what or what I was asking. Are they afraid to tackle him, or he just he just in beast mode? You know what he's going to bring every game. You know he's going to bring that every game. Everybody knows that. And this team is well balanced offensively, but they they make their living, they make they have their success on defense. Nobody and they lost a lot of guys on that front line. Uh, they lost about three guys in the secondary, one of the linebackers in the, in the, in the uh, defensive line, but you couldn't tell. And then nah. you couldn't tell, and they played a formative opponent in the Green Bay Packers. Now, don't forget the Green Bay Packers were seven, or they were seven nine and one last, or seven eight and one. Yeah, is that it? Seven, seven eight, eight and one. one, and they won a division in the NFC North with the Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings, and and the uh, Chicago Bears. But they was able to host the San Francisco 49ers and almost won that game. So it's not like they, I don't even think they improved from where they were last year. But you just think Aaron Rodgers would have done a better job at that. Well, I, I think some frustration set in with Aaron Rodgers uh, uh, throughout the game at certain points and certain times, especially uh, you, you saw it outwardly when uh, the center hiked the ball <laughs> yeah, I was and he was going that. to call yeah. him out. <laughs> I'd, I'd never seen him like that, but, you, yeah. you know, that started the, the frustration, and I, about five minutes later I started uh, washing my clothes. Like, <laughs> game, game's over. Uh, he's frustrated. When, when your superstar, <laughs> when your superstar and your megastar is frustrated like he's an average guy, his game is over. Then you got him. But the fact that they didn't even throw to Richard Sherman's side, they only played on yeah, the half of field. That? Richard Sherman is he's he's, well, I know he's, he's all pro. He's yeah. he pro bowler. He's all that that you want in the corner. But he doesn't change sides. So at least challenge him. If he's a zone, if he's a zone corner, which I believe he can play man to man because he's very aggressive at the line. I don't think but I've seen ways you can beat Richard Sherman. Yeah, and at the same time, I don't. Th- well, I, obviously, it was shown that Green Bay they don't have the same weapons that Aaron Rodgers was used to. That I'm used to seeing with that Green Bay offense since Aaron Rodgers took over uh, after Brett Favre. I mean. Guys who stood out was but they won, Nelson they won and Super Cobb. Bowl after he left. Yeah, but yeah, they Cobb. had James Jones, Greg Jennings. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They were loaded with weapons with this team, right? And they had uh, Jermichael Finley. I think they, um, uh, to your point, I think they're waiting for winter time to come because nobody can play in there in winter time. 
Well, yeah. San Fran almost That's lost. The they same way they made the playoffs then yeah. last year. Yeah, they were twelve. They and made four. a push at the end of the season when it got cold. Everybody's playing in that ice bowl. I played in uh, Green Bay in uh, it might have been January. It was two thousand January, but Brett Favre was quarterback. It was like he just throwing bombs all on us. It was freezing cold. <laughs> just throwing. They was doing whatever they wanted to because he had to get into the playoffs and he just started throwing. Just yeah. start throwing balls, and we just watching the balls go over our head. It was crazy, but it was so cold out there. You is it really that cold? That's it's really that ask. cold. And when you win, I played in some cold. I played in some cold environments. But when you winning, because I had a game in Washington and we were winning, it wasn't that cold. <laughs> <laughs> we started losing and it was freezing. It was freezing. <laughs> it was free. We sit on that bench like, what just happened? We were winning at halftime. Like they can't. There's no way they can come back and beat us. Then they start. Then <laughs> it's the offense started turning the ball over. Defense stopped stopping them. And he got freezing cold. So I think that's what Green Bay is waiting for. Just maintain, stay in that. I don't know. They got Ty Cobb and Jordy Nelson. They got uh, Lacey. I didn't you tell you, did I tell you Lacey was going to get a concussion? You did say that. Yeah. You did call that. I know. That, I ain't a genius, Thanks, but I'm Cam close to So now I got to make a trade for next week. Yeah, you got to trade but. somebody. <laughs> you don't do, uh, you, do you do fantasy baseball? No, or, or, I don't do it either or. It's too, it's too time consuming. They, they suckered me into it. Um, NBC, it. NBC 1060. They suckered me into it with the first prize being a $500 gift card to Ruth Chris. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I figured, well, you know, Ruth Chris, that might be three meals, depending on what you eat, because that could really be two yeah, meals. That could be two meals. Yeah, and, and you're done. But still, two at Ruth's Chris. I'm trying to get away from eating meat, but it, somehow I just find a way to eat it every day. But I don't, I don't know. But that, that game right there, that, that was not a – who do they play next? Who does Seattle play next? Because it's going to be crucial. And I know they have 10 days off. And Richard Sherman, went, even before the game during that week, he was complaining about this the only primetime game we have at home. They are the Super Bowl champs. He does make a point, but he always finds a way to, to complain <laughs> about something. And that's a good complaint. This the only primetime game we have that's at home. Any other primetime games they have, they will be on the road. And you're talking about the Super Bowl champs. So now I think the Seattle Seahawks has put on notice that you have to come through us. And I always thought that uh, the New Orleans Saints, not always, but this year, I thought New Orleans Saints will have something to say about that. Mm-hmm. Especially after say, where you had a disgruntled Jimmy Graham, you end up signing him as a tight end, not a receiver again. So now I want to know what his status is going to be going forward. You're going to have to line him up and in a box and call him a tight end, or you're going to flesh him out and call him a receiver. But he didn't get he didn't get he's a, a tight end. Uh, he's, he's he's a tight end, but there's a difference in tight end money and receiver money. He had just as many. Well, he got receiver money now. No, not really. He, he got, got ten million. What four years? Forty million. What, what does a uh, Megatron have? What does Fitzgerald have? And um, he, he's not he, put. <laughs> Tom, put him. Let's keep it real. He he's no Megatron. Let's keep it real. Who can guard him? No corner. Many, no safety. Uh, just depending on how you utilize him in that tight end position, that tight end role. That's what I'm saying. You put if you flex well, him Megatron, out, like, you flex him out. What linebacker is going to cover him in the lead, just consistently? And if I'm Drew Brees, I like those chances. Okay, you put him out wide. What corner is going to cover him in the lead? And you can't you can't walk a linebacker out there. You can, but it's going to be it's going to be a problem. Yeah, so I'm saying I know he's a tight end. He's built like a tight end. I know that, but. If you're going to pay the guy, if you're going to flex him out. But how often do you go one-on-one with Jimmy Graham besides in the red zone? How often? Maybe. You got to isolate him. So one-on-one is isolation. Unless you box him, you box him and that's a line back on the corner. And, I, and that's what most defenses do with Jimmy Graham. And he still, and he still gets off. Yeah, yeah, he does what he does. So, and, but at the same time, I'm talking Calvin about his, Johnson I'm talking about his money. 
Calvin oh, Johnson okay. had three people on him, and he still catches the ball. He's not Megatron. He's not that guy. He's not Meg. Huh? Who? Oh, Jimmy Graham? Yeah. Okay. You, yeah. You, 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 <laughs> I thought you was you, trying to... You, think, you thought I said Calvin Johnson's not Megatron? Yeah, that's what... <laughs> I like the last two, last two names I heard was Calvin Johnson, not Megatron. <laughs> no, Jimmy nah. Graham is the guy. Yeah. Calvin Johnson is the guy. I'm talking about how they paying these guys. I had the same situation in, in franchise tag. I thought I was a corner. They was mm-hmm. franchising me as a safety. Totally different money. Totally different. So if if he had just in his receptions flexed out, now when he's flexed out, that's a receiver to me. Wasn't that the argument yeah. that he had? Yeah. Yep. How he was franchise tagged uh, as a tight end, as a tight end or receiver. Yeah, and I don't. I, I know you're a tight end. You're a tight end from the start of the season. You listed as a tight end, so you better change that if you want to come up again. But you be three or four years older if you want to get paid and rip that contract up. But you a tight end, and you could do whatever you want to a tight end. Okay, as a tight end, I could put you in the backfield because that's what offenses look like now. They don't have any more fullbacks. Fullbacks are some fullbacks are irrelevant. Maybe in Pittsburgh you may have one, but some fullbacks are irrelevant. So I take my tight end, take him off the line, flex him back. Now he's a running back. Do you want me to pay you like that, Jimmy Graham? If I start creating plays where I have to have you block, so now I don't have to pay you tight end money, which you he got ten million a year. I don't have to pay you receiver money if I'm lining you up in the box. So it's a, it's something they need to come through on the offseason of how we gonna, how they gonna pay these guys and if they are flex or hybrid guys. But you put him in the red zone, he's just he's Megatron in the red zone. Yeah. So now I was talking about his money more so than anything. But I thought New Orleans would have something to say about how the um, the road to Seattle or the road through Seattle. <laughs> Sorry, setting tone, huh? Yeah, just one game. Just one game. Hey, okay. it, it looks like the schedule for Seattle gets really interesting. Yeah. The first three games of the season. It's, and they're on a roll, right? They play San Diego next week. San Diego next week. No problem. The Broncos. And then they got the, the Broncos. Broncos. <laughs> so. that, that's not a problem. That's, 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 that's a problem. Oh, that's going to be a problem. Hey. The Broncos? Peyton Manning want that game back. He can have and it. And the Broncos. They, yeah, got, the right, game. they right. got the game. They got the game. They They have right. the Redskins. Oh, the Redskins? Oh, no. They're going to run through them. Redskins got a defense, though. Redskins has a defense. I tell you what, we come back, we talk some more football, Kwame Lashley Sports Talk, Jimmy Lachey, we have Daniel Bates in the studio. We will be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Thank God it's... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's it right there. Thank God. Thank God, Friday. Right? That's when I'm gonna start. You should. I shouldn't wake up on a Friday and feel like it's not a Friday. Like, yeah, you should never do that. I try to get away from all that, man. <laughs> I, I just I don't know what to say. Yeah, you need to wake up. It's Friday. You gotta. Friday's just. You know what? The days are starting to be like. Every day is starting to be same day to me. Well, you need to change that until every day is a Friday. Mm-hmm. Every day has to feel like a Friday to you. I need to get back to That's the way I see my it. My favorite words, kiss my I'm not. Huh? <laughs> what was that? I need to get back to it. <laughs> I get to, I, you know, I say get back to it, but that's never been me. I need to get to that. I never get to that. 888-346-9144. You can call in. We definitely don't call in on the last segment. Uh, but we have Demery Lachey, Frenchie. Lache. I'm, I'm gonna find out the the, the uh, origin. Find I'm gonna find out, out the origin ahead. of Lache. I take a blood test. <laughs> you could check it out. You ain't say that. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh you wanted a few to say I take a blood test. But, uh, <laughs> they got Danny. Bay. Danny, give us give us a little give us a little insight on what's what's to come. Let me get this thing on mic out the way. On what's to come because uh, we 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 talked a little bit briefly about a a, a structure or a schedule. Oh, oh, what we want to do as far as the baseball segment. Well, I hope to uh, open up a little bit of uh, uh, insight on high school baseball, uh, uh, the aspects and looking at it from uh, a former scout, a minor league coach, a uh, former player's uh, uh, kind of view. You hope to give a capsule mm-hmm. of, of the, uh, uh, the different conferences. Uh, some of the top players that we have in the area, some of the top players who will be coming in and playing in this great state. Uh, there's a lot of baseball being played here, uh, a lot of high school baseball, and there's a lot of good players that travel through here uh, playing in some of the tournaments that uh, Arizona offers. So I just hope to be able to bring uh, a little bit more insight, a little bit more in-depth conversation uh, about you know what's taking place, uh, the different aspects, recruiting, uh, scouting, uh, upcoming draft, uh, some of the t- uh, showcases that uh, some of the top high school players go to. There's a lot going on out there, of course, in all amateur sports in terms of uh, amateur showcases and talents and recruiting. And, I was uh, trying to talk about it yesterday, and uh, didn't say, you're a little too excited about that. I said, no, I was just talking about it because some of the stuff uh, was, um, yeah. like we, we had a conversation <laughs> about that. It was, it was funny, and then it was saying, like, wait a minute, that's interesting. That, you might be right. And it was, it was the center field and first base pay. It was, why would you... Or how could you take a certain amount as a center fielder, and you let a first <laughs> you let a first baseman, and then both of you hitting sluggish, your hitting percentage, and everything is, let's say it's equal, let's say it's good, uh-huh. it's real good, but the first baseman gonna last longer because from three yards either direction, that's all he has to do. No, basically. And then Denver that's say why he gets he paid gotta, more. Uh, huh? Who? A first, first baseman. Why? Because he's gonna he's gonna have a longer stint of a career. Yeah, he yeah that's on the is. defensive side of the position, right? Right. He's gonna have a longer career. And, but you got and I feel like, and I, I made a statement yesterday saying, well, first baseman, they get the ball pretty much almost every play in baseball. Yeah, but I mean, the More, dynamic, less than the catcher and it, pitcher. It, it's kind of like your, your shortstop's your quarterback, mm-hmm. and your center fielder 
is also your quarterback. He's, mm-hmm. he's your, your your backup quarterback. Okay. And then everybody else, you know, is it fills a dominant central? role. Everything huh? central from the, is it from the center field? Is it from the catcher, pitcher? Because I always thought the shortstop was the guy. It's, it's he basically ran the show. Your, your, your middle infield is basically the heart mm-hmm. of your defense, from your catcher to your shortstop to your center fielder. And everything works out uh, from that direction. So if you're building a team, you're building it that way. You're building it that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can find a dominant catcher like the Montero, who plays with the Diamondbacks, Yada and Merlina, uh, those are all-star, Brian McCann in Atlanta. Uh, they're hard to find. Those guys right. are hard to find. The guys that can catch every day. And provide the bat mm-hmm. that you're looking for. Who was 15, the best? 20 home runs, hitting 300. Uh, it, it, same thing with Derek Jeter. That's why they call him the captain to hold that position down for that many years and hit right. 300 every year, score 100 runs. Then you look in center field, uh, and, and you have to control the center field. And they went out and got uh, Jacoby Ellsbury mm-hmm. to man that position uh, in center field. Right. And now Boston's looking around for a center fielder. They thought they had one in Jackie Bradley. Uh, but unfortunately, he's kind of slid back this way. So those are three key positions because that's you're doing all the running. Mm-hmm. And if you can provide the bat and the range, which you're you know, kind of like a, uh, what we say in football, uh, for a great free safety that can mm-hmm. cover and also come up and make a tackle, uh, you got an all-star player. Uh, whereas versus you play first base. Or a pro bowler. You're, you're basically <laughs> just regulated to hitting. So you're, you're looking at a guy who's doing an awful lot of work, mm-hmm. uh, playing 162 games possibly, and you know there's a lot of stress on his legs, uh, staying healthy, not running into walls, right. uh, diving, uh, where you, you're, you're doing a lot. And uh, you look at the guys at first base, I'm not taking anything away from them. The Prince Fielders who's hitting, he hit 50 at the age of 23, yeah. home runs, but uh, – you know, the wear and tear on his body is not like it is a center fielder. Mm-hmm. And and those guys are not getting the money that the, all of a sudden the first basemans are $200 million, you know, over 8, 9, 10 years. And I'm not taking anything away from Pujols. He's a Hall of Fame first mm-hmm. baseman. But you're looking at the center fielders, and they're not getting quite as much money, but they're crashing into walls. Crashing into walls, and they're doing a lot for their teams mm-hmm. uh, from that position. So we were looking at it. Uh, because we, you know, we obviously have a relationship with Matt Kemp, and mm-hmm. looking at his contract, and Fielder comes back and signs for two hundred million, and, <laughs> and now we're, his his contract is undervalued, and we're going whoa, mm-hmm. that, that that was a big change. But and, and a lot of guys got signed after him because that contract looked good. That contract looked good at the time, right? And then after him, now they're. And now they're looking at Mike Trout in a whole different Ooh, light, yeah. and he's a center fielder. Yeah, that's yep. my man. It was great to see the the Jackie Robinson Little League and all those kids say Mike yeah. Trout, Mike Trout, right. Mike Trout, Mike Trout. But yeah, but Matt Kemp, <laughs> Matt Kemp, Matt Kemp. But they was looking at the numbers. They they when you see you can those Jackie Robinson kids and and they play and congratulate them as far as they win in that. Um, I just actually I just text on my way here about my shirt that I've got Kenya Simone. But when um you look at those kids and they and they feel like one day they have aspirations to be that person that guy. Uh, in Major League Baseball, you're looking at they paying them this much to play baseball for a game I love. I've been playing since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I got this passion for it, and they're going to pay them this much. Well, Matt Kemp, again, his one, what was it, 160 or whatever it was, looked real good at the time. Mm-hmm. And then you then you come, <laughs> and I said, Prince Fielder, he better do yoga. He better start taking yoga because the only thing he got to do is stretch for the ball. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario. 
I mean, he got some hard left handers. He got some hot balls that's going to come to him, but not at a consistent throughout a, a yeah, nine-inning well, game. He, he brings that bat to the ball, though. Yeah. You know, at yeah. a powerful yeah, standpoint. Yeah, I don't want to take that away from yeah, him you, at all. You look at the McCutcheons, the impact that he has mm-hmm. on his team. Not only is he stealing bases, robbing home runs, playing defense, uh, hitting 300. You know, they're, they're doing so much. They're such, such dynamic athletes, and they do so much for their team. And you want to see them get paid like these first basemen are getting paid. You're right. going, whoa. These guys are. If you take Andrew McCutcheon away from Pittsburgh, what do they have? It's done. <laughs> it's the, it's <laughs> the old Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's. You it. got the old Pirates team mm-hmm. that could never win. Uh, so, well, who was that? Uh, Barry Bonds was there when he was a young fella, right? Right. Yeah. He was there. See, this is this is stuff I wanted to uh, talk about during the segments of the show. Uh, we'll figure maybe Thursday or Friday. We got to figure when it's when it's a quiet football day, so it could, could be baseball. But baseball, we're in Arizona, so it's all year round. It's all year round. So we gotta, you know, we gotta talk about that. And the good thing about it is you talking about the high school kids and the kids that will be coming here. Another thing was the the transitions of uh, which which all star games are going around the country, which all star games are happening right here that you are part of also. Um, but that that's the good part. The JCs, the the high schools, mm-hmm. the the division. One, two, three of baseball. But a lot of those guys, you can find a lot of those guys that, you know, a lot of them get drafted in the first round. A lot of them get drafted, period. But you don't have to go to the ASU where I feel there's a baseball school. It, it is, most definitely. It's a, it's a baseball school. I had to learn more about the football program uh, uh, when I moved here mm-hmm. to uh, Arizona myself and, and the history of ASU football. And, and they've had some, some, some great players come through it. But when you're from Oklahoma – <laughs> you going ASU? Yeah. Uh, okay, they play football. But okay. Oklahoma State, <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma State. Though. Oh, you said you talking Oklahoma about football? Breed the football <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Oklahoma just you know, and I want to talk a little Jameis Winston, but Oklahoma had a guy that you said you suspended indefinitely. I think it was a running back, for a rookie, a freshman. Oh yeah, Mixon. Yeah, and suspended indefinitely. We we get into that problem maybe the last segment of the show. What do you make about um, Kevin Towers being fired? But in his firing. They've asked him to take a lower position, still in the front office, uh, and his job with the Diamondbacks. He's been the GM since uh, 2010, and, and they haven't Wait, really what, done anything. What Ke- position did they lower him to? I'm sorry. Kevin Towers? Yeah. The GM. What they fire him? What they what oh, new the, position are they giving him? Oh, I don't know. Somewhere in the front office. He's not the GM. He's not going to take, take, take it, but he's a GM. What GM you know going to uh, obviously, okay. You because they fired. brought in Tony LaRusso to really shake things up, and he just shook it up after right. the season. What do you got? Like nineteen games left? Basically, yes. yeah. Yeah, nineteen games left. These guys is they bringing up all their <laughs> they bringing up all their they farm gave him guys. Nineteen and, games yeah. to go searching. Where no, else no, he, he, needs to go. he well, He's they, they still owe him money, so you might as well keep him around. He got some knowledge. If you hire him as a GM, he got to have some knowledge of baseball. He got to have, but. The four years he was GM, and you just didn't see the product. I didn't see it. No. Well, I mean, you got one of the greatest, probably baseball minds, Managers. Hall of Fame manager, uh, and Tony Larusa, and you know uh, he's known for getting the best, uh, the most out of his players. He did it in Oakland. He did it in St. Louis, and uh, of course, you know there has to be a mesh, and and he probably wants to do. Uh, certain things a certain way and make certain types of uh, personnel decisions and. You know, uh, it's unfortunate for Kevin, but uh, everybody respects him in the game. And uh, and to, to keep him there uh, in some capacity would probably be great for the Diamondbacks. But, you know, 
we all know that Tony's going to have the ultimate or they say the final say. Because this is about personal. winning because Tony Russo say he respect Kevin Towles he, as, a, as, as a manager, but he respect him also as a friend. But when you hear that, you say, but I'm firing you. This is about winning. I, say, I tell a lot of people, don't take this personal because at the end of the day, it's winning and it's business or it's business and it's winning. You have to do both. You can't do one without the other. Right. You you can't, or you said you gonna you gonna fall with them. You gonna they gonna bring you down, or they gonna look like you don't know what you're doing. Tony Larusso, who has a, a multiple World Series. Yeah, it, it, well, you know, it's uh, back in his ball court. I mean, uh, they brought him in to to help them do a job. I think the and, organization got out in real disarray under the Josh uh, Barnes uh, era. Uh, you know, player development is big. Uh, how do you utilize those players? I don't think they utilize the players that they brought up. Uh, they didn't know how they wanted to utilize them or, or, or what their strength was going to be uh, towards a major league club. And uh, I think it got into disarray. And when you, you lose four or five years of building a team, it's, it's hard to get it back. Uh, it, it, just, Justin Upton, Adam Eaton, Gerard Parker, uh, Trevor Bowles, and Ian Kennedy, free agents, and he traded away all those guys. Yeah. Those guys that could have – I mean, it's, those sound like – where Justin go? He went to Atlanta? Yes. Mm. With his brother. <laughs> yes. I think his brother over there. But that was one, a young guy. And, and I remember when he went into the slump. But what baseball player don't go into a slump? I mean, he went into an early slump. Um, but I remember I remember that's a guy that should be around here for a while. He, he should have been the cornerstone of this, this franchise. When they, they let him get away to Atlanta, it was like, whoa. What are you are doing you over there? Because if this guy gets into a new environment and feels comfortable, which I, I knew he would in Atlanta. In Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And, That's and, a Norfolk State guy, yeah. too. Both of those guys went to Norfolk State. Well, Justin went to Norfolk State. I'm, I thought um, his brother did also. Norfolk no, State. they both were drafted. I think Dad did. Manny. Went to Norfolk State? Norfolk State. I thought, well, they're from Norfolk. They're, they're, they're from, from Norfolk. They're from Norfolk. Okay, yeah. They're from, I don't want to be so good, man. They're from Virginia. They're right down the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so good. Wow, wow, no. Wow. But yeah, now that, that's that's good stuff. That's good. Uh, see, that's the baseball insight. Now I, I would have to read all that you just said instead of. Of course, out, I, I mean I'm gonna have to read. Head. I'm gonna have to pick up my football. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you you are because we're gonna get it. It's it's season, but he ain't that far behind. I'm, he knows his football. Yeah, I know uh, my Oklahoma football. That's in my program. What part of Oklahoma are you from? I'm from Oklahoma City. Okay, so I've, I, I've been through Tulsa. Okay, I, I, I spent, a, spent a couple summers in Tulsa. I yeah, like Tulsa. I, I, I know like Oklahoma and Oklahoma State football. Of yeah, course, football we were, big there. We but Oklahoma State used to have. I thought that was the baseball school of. If you go talk baseball, I thought Oklahoma State was the baseball it, school. It was a great baseball yeah. school, and during the great Gary Ward era, uh, they're trying to bring it back. They got two great coaches there, and Josh Holiday, who was once an assistant here at ASU. And Did you ever want to be a coach? Like uh, at a at a collegiate level, or oh, maybe that, that's or? the that's the ultimate uh, uh, job okay. is to be a, a, a Division one college coach. I think everybody aspires to do that or, hmm. or manage yeah. in, in the at the major league level. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of time and a lot of hours. I love teaching, love coaching, but I, the hours I can't do. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I mean, I was in Vegas, man, and and a lot of my coaches uh, while I was playing said, "You'd be a good coach. You, you, I think you'd be a pretty good coach." But I can tell they know me. I'm saying you wouldn't like the hours, and I'm just like, man, you'll tell me if I'm the coach or I'm the head coach, because I was a defense coordinator at Mesa Community College, and I knew how to practice. I'm like, we got it. My assist, my linebacker coach, DB coach, and then and there, well, I was a DB coach too. I couldn't let somebody put their hands on that. <laughs> and the D line coach, I'm like. Make sure you guys got it. 
we didn't out practicing all day to say we practicing all day. We're going to get it in, be efficient with it, and, and we're going to be done with practice. This is when I was a defensive coordinator, which I pretty much ran the entire thing, uh, offense too. And what I mean by that, the structure of how we practice. I said, we don't have to practice all day. If these guys got it, when we find out they don't have it in a scrimmage or we don't know they don't have it in the game or they can't answer questions in a, in a meeting and film room, then we got to find a way to practice or you're going to find somebody who understands it. So but the hours, uh, when I was in Vegas, um, these guys was telling old jokes before I was even born. I wouldn't even laugh. I laughed the first day. And I'm like, what am I doing? I don't even laugh at jokes. It ain't funny. I'm like... I said, I don't even wipe my nose when it bleeds. Yeah, what I'm I'm like, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm thinking about? I don't even like sleeping when it's time when I'm tired. <laughs> but the um, I said enough is enough. Get, I need so when I, I just found out what I had to do and I got it done and I said I'm out of here. I would leave my hotel at, 12, at seven o'clock in the morning and get back twelve or one o'clock in the morning. I thought that was crazy. I thought that was crazy. Yeah, and coaching this was, does put in crazy hours. I've, I've never. Uh, I've always wondered what the schedule was for. Uh, it's a bunch of. A football coach. Yeah. Six, but, uh, five hours of it is, let me see, five may be too much. Three hours of it is three, three and a half hour is a waste of time. Because I know sometimes you have to wait for a game plan, like you have to get the film sent to you and all that stuff. But I was like, I went off because it was one game we had, they had a new coach. So we had to wait till they play their first game with that new coach and find out his system. I'm like, I was like, okay, I got everything done from what they did last year. So if they come out and run the same thing, we got it down pat. And then as a coach, you have to get up, go through the progression. It's almost like you – the players shouldn't have to do nothing but go out there and perform because the coaches do all the stuff. Coaches do all the work. I never understood till later on in my career and then, you know, after being in it, all the players got to do is play. You shouldn't have to worry about anything. So that was kind of bothering me when players get in trouble. When all, they must have got so much time. But it's your season, so just settle down. Doing your football season, doing your baseball season. Do you think part of that 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 reason was because you were a former player and understand offenses and defenses to where you felt like, okay, we got this, let let's go. Whereas a a coach who probably hasn't played or experienced as much experience on the field probably was more like, okay, I'm going to be a little bit more innovative. Somebody's creating these offenses. Somebody's creating these defenses. Right. Somebody's creating these plays. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to answer that after break. Cause that's, cause that's, a good, that's a good question. Yeah. That's, a good, that's a good question. I'm going to answer that after break. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? 
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the Yeah, see that music right there might get me up for Friday. But just, that's, that's good. That's good music. That's, that's happy hour. That's happy. Right Speaking of happy hour. Armadillos. Armadillo grill. Armadillo <laughs> Friday, 60 inch TV. I tried to. Um, you been there yet? No. You just tired I, of me I saying it? I just heard the resume, yeah. Okay, yeah. You just tired of me saying it. Um, no, Armadillo's grill, man. It's good. Yeah, Danny know Armadillo's. Back in the day, oh, Armadillo's. Yeah. yeah. You know Armadillo's back in the day, Armadillo's. That's the only place to stay up until 2 a.m. <laughs> That's when I first got in Arizona. I used to hang out in the camel, in Camelback area. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I lived in Awatuki then, so it was like, to me, it was almost like a straight shot to the 10, to the 51, get off on Highland. You right there. And then Highlighter was over there on uh, Highland. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Uh, good stuff. Good music. Uh, Dan, you was asking me a question. I'll see if I can answer it, and then maybe Demry has something to say about that. About but but you gonna ask me again because uh, I don't remember anything. Oh okay, I can't remember yeah. anything. I was, I'm, uh, I'm serious. Tr- I was, I, People you know, think I'm playing about that, but I, I you tell me something. Two minutes later, it's like what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I feel like Spivey sometimes, man. <laughs> I need my um, stuff. Well, I, I, you know, being a being a former player and then then actually going out and coaching like I like I told you the other day once you pick up the pen and you have to write out the lineup mm-hmm. you realize everything that you thought you knew about the game it from changes a player. from mm-hmm. a player standpoint now you have to manage or you have to manage people and you have to uh, insert a lineup you know the, the whole dynamics of what everything you've learned changes you you're in a whole new learning curve and and I was just saying are you, you still bringing your player experience or uh, where you you understand it, but are you innovative enough to create a new offense or a new defensive scheme? Because mm-hmm. I think guys who don't have the kind of experience that you have, uh, Pro Bowl experience and so forth, and they probably spend more time in the office and coaching and talking about offenses and defenses because they're creating something or, or trying to see a new scheme or trying to do this. And, and you you look at it from probably a standpoint of going – Oh, I've seen that before. I saw it in this game, or I understand this. Yeah. No, I, I, I uh, those coaches that you mentioned that look for, that look at it, who haven't played, but are pretty good coaches, because they are, they are quite a few of those guys. They have never played the game, mm. but they can coach their butt off. Mm. And right. I, and I tell you where they get that from is they listen to the players that's coming off the field. Correct. They don't take for granted that I know everything because I saw it on film. The guy who's on the field is going to come out there and give you all the information you want. The coach they did this, and the coach studied so much film. Uh, that he can almost visualize what he saw, but he didn't have to go through it. But it's important for the guys that are coming off the field to relay that information to the coach, and then you get that film from downstairs, and you can look at it and say, now we can fix this. You can fix it a lot faster if you know. But if you don't, when you don't know what you don't know, it's hard. Then you, It's guesswork out there on the football field if it gets that far. 
but you got to really practice. And and you if you heard this, you, both you guys heard this a million times. Practice like you're gonna play. Practice like you. Some guys just won't practice, and I was never, I was never a guy who mispracticed. I was never a guy who say it's okay to practice. But I've seen guys, Larry Sanders, who didn't have to practice but showed up on the game was just balling out. <laughs> <laughs> don't you like those ball. guys? I like those guys, but I don't trust those guys. I, I want to like, well, I'm practicing. What's wrong with you? My my knees hurt too. My, I got a headache. I'm practicing. You got to practice. But certain guys can do that. So uh, I do bring a player aspect to it when I'm coaching. I'm, I bring like I, in college, like I won't play dummies. I don't care how good you are. You got to respect the game and the game that you can play so well and the passions that you have for it. You have to respect the players that came before you because that's that's why you're able to do what you do. That's why in the in NFL, all right, you may be good in this system, so let's give you $100 million. But let me tell you how you got down $100 million. You are good. You're in a system. But that guy before you who was fighting for that contract uh, then, they don't ever want to have that problem again. You don't ever want to have that problem with the uh, a player and, and his negotiation and his contract because you move on a lot faster when the players are happy. And then you got to think about, well, this guy gave us a problem last time, me, uh, when a contract was up. So we're we going to get rid of him. Then he goes to the, another team. And you're like, what happened to that guy? He was playing, but he was in a system. He was in that system. So as a player, I take those aspects of what I know, how I create a new defense. I try to come up with new defenses or, or different schemes out of the same formations. I also pay attention to a whole lot of things in the football game, down and distance. What a team like to do on these down and distance, the tendencies, what are their favorite plays they're going to go to. Like I could have coached against uh, Green Bay yesterday and won that game. The um, players, the formations, how many offense, how many plays and offenses they run out of that formation, who is these players, who they like to get it to, take away this, take away that, see if they can beat us on, give, you know, take away their strengths. Take away their strengths and maybe come up with an outside blitz like uh, Dick LeBeau does with Pittsburgh. There's a lot of great defensive coordinators that's playing in the league, and a lot of them uh, in college. I like Mark D'Antonio at Michigan State. He's a defensive-minded guy. This is going to be a great game, Michigan State against Oregon. And I like Michigan State in that game because of defense. So I try to come up with a play or two, not change a whole lot, because at the end of the day, I want the players to play fast. I hate when we had a bunch of, as a player, we had a bunch of plays in and we never ran them. Yeah. So now you think you got to think about a play if he called it in. We ran that play in camp. Why is he, call, why is he calling it right now? But you expect to remember, remember those things. But I put the guys on the field that can play fast and play that smart, that can make adjustments. If you continue to make mistakes on it, I'm like, oh, I got to find a place for you because now you're hurting the other 10 guys. And now you're hurting the 10, the 53 guys at the end of the day. So, yeah, it's, it, I bring a lot to the table as far as what I did as a player, what I liked as a defense. And I find guys, I found out, I talked to the player. I said, what, what do you like? So I play towards their strengths. And then we work in practice, we work on your weaknesses. Yeah, I think uh, from my standpoint as an offensive player, um, coming for uh, like a guy you said on the field a lot who go into coaching, I think their best coaching abilities are adjustments. That's what made you stand out for the guy behind you because he wasn't able to make those adjustments that quick. Uh, we used to call those athletic adjustments. You want your athletic adjustment players with the mindset who's smart enough uh, Offensive-wise, uh, to get into certain holes, certain defensive gaps. If uh, if they blitzing outside linebackers, blitzing, how quick can you adjust to that slant route? How quick can you get underneath that defender, get underneath that backer for you to get open for the quarterback to dump down to you? So I think 
for player uh, guys who played a lot as coaches or to become coaches, they will have to do a lot of adjustments. Um, their best uh, offer are adjustments, even in uh, basketball. You see guys, uh, coaches like uh, Doc Rivers. He makes a lot of uh, adjustment calls when he's coaching. Um, you know, he really doesn't scheme up teams like a Frank Vogel, like a uh, Eric Spolstra. He doesn't have a defensive scheme that stands out. He just tells them players like he's a player's coach. So he tells them, you know, make the right adjustments, make the right passes, get in the passing lane. Come on, you're known for defense, you know. And the same thing goes along with football, I think, with I think, the player Because you got to find a keep player. It simple. Yeah, you got to find yeah, that one definitely. player. Or if you got more than one, it's, it's icing on the cake. You got a good defense. And I'm talking defensively because uh, Demery played offense. If you got somebody that the team will follow just by making a call, even if it's the wrong call, make sure we all play in the wrong call and we got a chance to win. You can play the wrong call, but all of us have, all 11 guys have to be playing that wrong call. If you got seven playing one and four playing another, you gonna, there's gaps. There's too many gaps because in any, any defense, there's a strength and weakness. So if you're playing the wrong call and everybody's not playing it, just think how big that gap is to the weakness of your defense. Yeah. And you, you have to be able to, you have to be able to, have someone that the team can follow. And, and then we make a good point that uh, when he was talking that you got to make those adjustments on the field. I can't make all those adjustments from the sideline. You know the defense. That's why we – I'm only putting in plays that you know you can run and I know we can beat them with. We don't have – you can go over there and tell the offense, here's what we run in defensively. They can't beat you. They can't beat you because we're going to react and when they're going to get tired of getting hit and after some, some, at some point when you're tired of being hit, you're looking for me to hit you so you're not doing your job. You're looking for, you know where we're going to be. Um, and it's all, you, you can scheme as much as you want to, but when you get a chance to hit somebody, you hit them. When you get a chance to blitz, you come like it's the last play of the game. Every play is the last play of the game because when you get hurt, it's done. You're all done. Right. But you got to make the athletic adjustment. You got to be able to make mental adjustments. Those who continue to make mental mistakes, you can't play on my defense. It is a wrap. Kind of goes back to what you were saying about Larry Sanders. Just go out there, just ball out. Yeah, just go ball. Just, just make the adjustments and. Yeah, LC, LC, man, he just he if he didn't make a play all game, <coughs> but he was in the huddle, and every those other ten guys, they knew if Larry Sims get it, something could happen. But he didn't have to make a play for four quarters, but those other <laughs> ten guys balled out because he was in the huddle, <laughs> and he might say one or two words to him like, and, and it's like okay, let's get it going. Mm-hmm. Like, he was that type of guy. We had a lot of we had a handful of guys like that, offensively and defense. I think Seth Jordan was one of those guys. Um, Eric Hill was one of those guys. Um, offensively, hmm. LC, Larry Sanders. Um, who else? It was, it was a handful of those guys, but I would be all day trying to think of them. But that's what it is. Frog, to answer your question, those are things I look for if I'm coaching. I take a lot of the players. So what Chip Kelly does, is does Chip Kelly has anything new? As I mentioned, there's a lot of great defensive coordinators. They're going to adjust to that in a matter of um, 12 games. You could bring something new and like – I'll tell you, give you an example. What was new was the Wildcat. When, when um, I think it was Miami beating uh, New England. Yes. They didn't see the Wildcat before. They're like, oh, we got a mm-hmm. running back quarterbacking, and they can run all their plays, and he can throw. And then it, it, they caught off guard. So Chip Kelly's midpoint offense was, it was a great thing. They didn't think he would run that because he ran it in Oregon, but they didn't think he would bring that to the league. But the league adjusts very well when they see something new. They just very well. They practice on it uh, off season. They get ready for it. You can stop any offense. It's just do you have the players to do so? You can scheme all you want to, but you gotta have the players right. who make those athletic adjustments. All right. And I, I honestly, I, I like um, Chip Kelly's 
offense because there's so many plays. And more plays, like he's snapping the ball uh, with the play clock at 25, like high, like still 30. <laughs> you know, he like just got the play the clock is just boom. Yeah, you just got out the huddle. He's, he's, he's running a new play, all the no huddle schemes. That tires the defense down. When the defense is out there, they go back at halftime and look at the uh, play charts. They're out there 70 plus plays. It's like, how in the world did, we, did they run 70 plays in one half? And that tires the defense down because then once the defense gets tired, they start guessing because they want to make that big play. They want to make the big stops. And that's when you go over the top with uh, players like a Jeremy Macklin that uh, Philadelphia has. You got guys who can beat you deep with Darren Sproles and screen plays. That's when you catch the guys off guard. So I think a lot of those, because you see play after play after play, and then they'll hit you with a quick with a quick burst, with a quick something that you've never seen coming, like a screen. Like I a, think that is it. Yeah, they tar- they playing for the, they, they, the late they third They try to tire those guys now. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to tire a guy in the first, uh, maybe the end of the second half if you out there because that is true. As soon as they get out the huddle, they run and play within yeah. 10 seconds. Yeah. But they playing for the late third quarter and all fourth quarter. You're not going to be able to stop this. Because when you're on defense, you see so many sets of offense running. Say the offense is running a um, 12 package. Yeah. And you see so many plays in that 12 packet that you're learning, mm-hmm. that you study film for, and then they'll hit you with a screen out of that package that you ain't never seen coming. Yeah, you never you would seen never that. Guess. And they got two tight ends in the game. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Trying to run the 12 yeah. packets. It's like, what in the world? Yeah, I've never seen this that's with two what tight I like, ends. That's what I like about Chip Kelly. Once he get his guys, I think he's still working to get more of his the people that he players that he want and need for that offense. It's just going gonna, gonna to turn the NFL to a whole nother. Whole another scheme, I think. I wanted to get you, uh, you guys picked for the, this weekend's game, but you know we don't have enough time. We got two minutes. That two minutes, yeah, we, we say two minutes. Two minute drill. No, no, okay, real quick. Shoot, let me um, throw out the games. Go, you got it right there. Oh yeah, let's go. Um, first game that pops up: Colts Broncos. Uh, Broncos. Broncos. Colts, man. Because he's from man. He, he played with Saints he, and Falcons. Has, okay. Uh, <laughs> Saints. He want me to go with Saints. I go with the Saints. Vikings, Rams. Yeah. Rams. Vikings. Wow. It's in St. Louis. I ain't always going to critique I go to the Vikings. Okay. Brown Steelers. I got to go with the Steelers. Steelers. Jaguars, Eagles. 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 Raiders, Jets. 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 I'm taking Oakland. You remember Uh, these picks now, so we can bring them back up at Monday. Bengals, Ravens. Ooh. Bengals. Ooh. Bengals. Ray Rice. Ravens. Ray Rice. No, Ray Rice. Bengals. (laughs) Bills, Bears. Bears, Bears. Chicago. Oh, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> um, I'm going Bills with their defense. I know. <laughs> Chicago don't have a defense either, but they got a high power offense. They're gonna have Redskins, Texans, Texans, <laughs> Texans. Every Redskins got a. I don't know. I don't know if Clowney's playing or not. Because right he, now he's clear to play. He's clear. He's clear, he's clear but, to play. but yeah, I don't know. He he'd be all right. He had a big. It's in head. Houston. It's in Houston. He, Arian Foster ooh. is back. Texans. RG three. I'm tired of him. Right now, they I might start like quarterback. I might start. Houston does? doesn't have a quarterback. You got Aaron Foster. Let's go with the. I'll go with the Redskins. <laughs> yeah, I go with the Redskins as well. Titans, Chiefs, 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 Chiefs. Lamar Charles, uh, Alex, Smith. Alex Smith just got paid mm-hmm. too. Yeah, he <laughs> which means he's gonna <laughs> blow. He which paid. means he's gonna throw three interceptions this game. <laughs> Patriots, Dolphins. That's a good game. Patriots. They know Patriots. each other. Patriots. Patriots. Yeah, Dolphins. Yeah, Dolphins play them uh, tough, but Patriots. Panthers, Buccaneers. Panthers. Panthers. Cam Newton, you better show up. Stop crying. Playing he so ain't much. playing. He Buccaneers. Playing. He's not going to play this weekend. The way he just talked last night in the interview, 49ers, Cowboys. 49ers. Cowboys. I'm going Cowboys. 49ers. 
I got four. Too many I got to go with all too the many superstar players. First game of the week, they got to win game one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giants, Lions, Lions. Yeah, Detroit by far. That it. Chargers, Cardinals, Cardinals. Stop, come on now, stop playing. We can do that one Monday. Okay, because I'm gonna be at. The- <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh man, we got to get out of here. Appreciate you listening. So, Dan, you'll be hearing Danny's voice on uh, baseball and. And he got to up his football game. But I, I think your football game, all right. I think it's good. Because, I mean, we just talk. It ain't just the statistics of what we talk about. It's more so life of football, too. Like the question we were just answering a little while ago about football. Jeremy Lachey, I'm going to look his name up, see if it's French or, or uh, Irish. Kwame <laughs> Lachey Sports Talk. Have a great weekend. We will talk to you guys Monday. for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.